Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater out here in Massachusetts. Today is Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. But today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 17 in There is a Solution. We're reading the second paragraph. We are average Americans. And comments on this paragraph only. Heck, we're more than Americans, aren't we? Um, today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Stacy T, 12 Traditions, Nancy H. Readers of the text are Allison L, Liz V, and then we have our backup in case, fill in whatever, and that is Renee A. The share ID numbers for Monday, April 1st, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 12,725, 12725. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, it is 12,727, 12727. The newcomer greeter this morning is Jody E.Q. And our 8 a.m. host will be Leslie M. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not allied affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive eating, overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Stacy T to read OA's 12 steps. Good morning, Anita. Thank you so much for your service. This is Stacy T, recovered compulsive overeater in Cleveland. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. I pass. Hi. Thank you so much, Stacy T. And I'll now ask Nancy H. to read always 12 traditions. Good morning, Anita. Thank you for your service. This is Nancy H., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thanks so very much, Nancy H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we are reading 
Um, again, from the big book, and we're resuming on page 17, one paragraph, the second paragraph, which starts, we are average Americans. And I have asked um, Allison L. to get us started. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. Thank you. We are average Americans. All sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship of friendliness and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. A um, little under the weather, but showing up today because, you know, cold or no cold, we can recover and I can show up um, each day doing what I need to do. This paragraph is lovely. It reminds me of the beautiful fellows and friends I've made in Overeaters Anonymous. And having true, vulnerable, loving relationships with people is something that I struggled with all my life, um, being an addict and thinking of myself mainly. So coming to OA and working the steps and using the tools um, was an open door for my higher power um, to help me truly begin to connect with other human beings in a way I wasn't capable of before. Um, and I came into OA and I start telling people that I just met, you know, some of the deepest shame that I had, my food behaviors. And no one else in my life knew the, the pain and truth about me in this way. Um, and it's because the people in OA knew they had it too, and I could hear that in them. So it doesn't matter how unlike <laughs> I am with my fellows and in any other ways, we can understand the disease and that binds us uh, to this program and it binds us to a higher power and binds us to the solution offered by entire abstinence and working the steps. And I've, I've grown up in this program um, <clears throat> and I've come to know and love people all over the world. You know, this chapter, this paragraph says America, but now all over the world that I never would have met otherwise. And they also know the pain of compulsive eating. Um, and as the next paragraph starts to discuss, we also know the hope and freedom of no longer having to suffer because we have this disease. Um, so oh, I go all through my day and I know I'm connected to all of you um, by spirit. And um, that's a bond only a higher power could have created for me to know others and under to know that others understand me and that I can understand them. It's one of the many gifts I've received from being a member of Overeaters Anonymous and the friends I've made while recovering in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, they're some of my deepest and truest friendships. And then that um, taught me how to be a true friend to those people outside of the rooms that are in my life and that I come across. And I'm just so grateful for, for this way of living and connecting with other humans. Um, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks so much for getting us started, Allison L. So those who haven't shared in the last, oh, let's say two meetings, who would like to share? 
Kim G. Madam. Kim. Kim and Matt. Marcella M. Marcella M. Linda D. Yes. Katie F. Katie F. Jennifer W. Jennifer W. All right, let's stop with Jennifer W. Wonderful. Okay, so Kim G. followed by Matt M. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., a recovered compulsive overeater. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. You know, I used the Google machine to find out when this was, but I remember it was 2012 when this Italian cruise ship sank in the Mediterranean and came over, you know, kind of uh, hit rock and and tipped over and, and hundreds of people died. And I saw them on a, some of, some of the survivors on a talk show. And they really talked about the fact that um, how they had to bind together to solve this problem. You know, they talked about, I think of the love boat when I was a kid. And they talked about this grand staircase in the middle of the cruise ship. And when the cr- cruise ship tipped over, the people that were looking to survive said that staircase can be a ladder. And they bound together in the solution and they climbed up the staircase as a ladder and they survived. But they also talked about a group of people that were paralyzed in fear and they couldn't move. And they were so consumed by the problem of the ship sinking that when they didn't move, they drowned. And I think of that. If, if, if Overeaters Anonymous is only bound on the problem, then we're all going to die together. We have to be bound on something in addition to just the fact we have this common problem. You know, and I see that a lot in Overeaters Anonymous over the 25 years. I see people that are only bound by that common problem, and I don't think that's just in OA. You know, I remember when I, when I recovered eight years ago, and my meetings in my area were very weak, and I was desperate for a solution-based meeting. So I went on the website for Burlington County, New Jersey, for AA, and there were 250 meetings in my county and I did a drop down menu for big book and there were only five meetings and I went to that first meeting and it was what I call a dead cat meeting they would read something from the big book and then they would complain about the dead cat and the PO officer I tried another meeting and that meeting was closed and finally I'm listening to all these podcasts and I hear a Philadelphia accent and I'm like oh my god and gratefully that gentleman said what his home group was and when it was and where it was and this is where God interceded. I was sponsoring a lot of Orthodox Jewish women. So the only night I wasn't taking sponsee calls was on the Sabbath on Friday. And this meeting was on Friday. And I would drive an hour and a half one way to go to an hour meeting, an hour and a half home, because I was desperate to seek that solution. And I pray that a way becomes united more on the solution than the problem. But once again, my experience is that most meetings are united on the problem and are willing to settle to be comfortably miserable in their disease. And my personal experience is when I was focused on trying to control the problem, I thought what OA offered me was that I was going to be strong enough to resist the food one day at a time. But when I became solution-oriented, when I was seeking out the solution in Overeaters Anonymous and I was getting beyond that one element that we mm-hmm. shared of the common peril, oh, I'm sorry, my, my, my thing's different that I now realize that, that, that OA does not just let me resist the food. It allows me to not want the food. I'm sorry about that, Anita. That's okay. 
Thanks so much, Kim. All right, Matt, you're up, and then uh, Marcella M. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Anita. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., a compulsive overeater. We are average Americans. We are people who normally would not mix. I've met a lot of people in the rooms that if I met them on the street, I probably wouldn't be friends with them just because of my own bias, my own personal beliefs and stuff. I've definitely learned over the years that never to judge a book by its cover, but I'm a human being, and we all have our own biases that I was raised with, that I grew up with. And I'm definitely, by being in the rooms of of Overeaters Anonymous, I've learned how to let these things go uh, one day at a time. People are people, and I've learned that I'm just another bozo on the bus. I'm not better or worse than anybody else. And um, I've gone to different meetings, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of home, uh, home meetings near me that I can get to. So, you know, I've gone to uh, open AA meetings, and I found the camaraderie that I've gotten there from people. Even though I don't identify as an alcoholic, it's an open meeting. I'm able to get the get the camaraderie that I need, that the closeness that I've seen. That's some of these people. I go back, and they remember their name. Like, hey, man, how you doing? And I'm like, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, you know. I need face-to-face meetings just as much as I need the home the phone meetings because I need that connection. Um, I'm sharing the common peril. I'm, a, I'm an addict even though I'm not an alcoholic. You know, I'm just like everybody else, and I'm grateful I can say that to myself, that I'm that I'm not a normal person. I'm always going to be a compulsive eater, but I can get better every day, one step at a time, just by working the steps and, as someone said, living in the solution instead of living in the problem. You know, I don't like going to meetings that just happen. They stay in the mess, not the message. I like going to meetings that share the message, and I'm very grateful that I, I have meetings that I can go to that share the message. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Matt. Uh, Marcella, and then it'll be Linda D. Good morning, Marcella. Good morning. My name is Marcella. I'm a compul- I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, we're average people, in um, and the solution knows no language, no race, no ethnicity, no geographical spot in the world. Um, I just. Um, landed from um, Spain, Madrid, where I had the enormous privilege of leading a big book weekend in Spanish in Madrid, Spain. Uh, 60 people attended. And listen to this. Listen to this because this is what really moved me. Five people who have never, ever, ever been in any 12-step program that knew nothing about nothing and wanted to solve their problem with their relationship with food. And we studied the big book for the weekend and in Spanish. And, and, um, and this morning, those five people, we didn't lose any. We didn't lose not even one yet. All of those five people left the week, big book weekend with a sponsor in Spanish, with a recovery sponsor. Um, I cannot describe them, the, the experience of uh, people that I have been sponsoring for three years. Now they have sponsors, so sponsors, 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 and the solution is alive and well, growing ridiculously at a pace that I would have never imagined in Spanish. And um, this morning we are 1,063 people in, in Una Visión Para Ti, which is the Spanish version of A Vision For You. In case you think that whatever you say here in this chain is not relevant, I study your, your shares. I study them. I listen to them over and over again. Then I take notes, I translate them, and I share them in Spanish to the world, and it is working. Your um, recovery 
and your efforts to remain abstinent in entire abstinence according to the book of Alcoholics Anonymous is never in vain. And remaining abstinent for another hour is crucial to the Spanish-speaking world. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so very much, Marcella. All right, Linda D., followed by Katie F. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. This is Linda D. Um, from Wilmington, North Carolina, grateful recovered overeater. Um, if you just give me one second, I'm going to set my timer. There we go. I um, was delighted to see this particular um, share this morning or uh, excerpt this morning. Uh, unlike the passengers on the vessel, our joy does not subside as we go our separate ways. Um, I also have been blessed. I took a, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm at the Newark International Liberty Airport this um, hotel this morning because I came in from a, my first overseas trip in a many, many years. I was afraid to go overseas because I thought, well, if I go to Greece or if I go to Italy, how am I? How am I going to stay abstinent? You know, and I'm I'm happy to report that um, um, we had a group, uh, and um, we've now all gone our separate ways. We were actually on the ship, um, uh, and I was able to stay abstinent in Greece, um, and it was not it was not as hard as I thought it would be after several years, you know, of working in this program. I was able to enjoy the the rest of life there you know, not just the food, and I feel very, very blessed, and I want to say something about it, because I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's who's had difficulty traveling in the past, um, you know, where I indulged myself in my addiction, even even worse than, uh, than at home. Um, and I also just uh, want to say that, you know, all of these lovely people that I met on the ship and on the, on the trip, I'm so happy to be back with you. Because uh, we we are uh, we are are together in spirit, and I'm excited to be back on the meeting this morning, and I'm excited to be able to be uh, taking part and calling you all, and um, uh, just so grateful uh, that the first thing I can do getting back in the states is dial up and 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 be with you all in spirit. So with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Linda D. Well, good morning, KDF, and then it will be Jennifer W. Good morning. This is KDF, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. In Virginia, and um, <clears throat> so this paragraph, you know, I wanted relationships. I wanted to be friends with people, and I, um, I wore them out because. I wasn't someone who, you know, had survived. I was the one who constantly had an excuse and constantly um, wanted an easier, softer way. I wanted to be abstinent, but I didn't want to do what you told me to do. And so, you know, not surprising, all those friendships that I had, you know, my first six years of OA, um, I don't have those anymore because they were so one-sided and, and, um, just me demanding from people what they could not give. They couldn't fill that, that cup for me because I wasn't willing to do what they said to do. But now um, that I have recovered and I am, you know, talking to people and willing to do 
whatever they suggest, um, it's very different. And, you know, I am always willing to talk to people who, who want a solution. And that's what, you know, this chapter is called, There's a Solution. And we, um, we really do have a lot of fun, you know, when you, you know, if you're able to come to the convention this year in um, November, I mean, it's um, people will be coming who are not yet abstinent and they're going to see the joy of living that we, um, we couldn't find, we couldn't buy it. Um, we couldn't, you know, just come up with it without um, going through the trenches. And that's what this program is, is, is picking up and doing the next right thing one day at a time. And then we do walk shoulder to shoulder um, through life, through whatever happens in life, you know, unlike a sinking ship that, you know, that's an event that happens in your life. Um, we are in this program permanently. Um, we don't graduate. We're not told to, you know, take a back seat because we have been around for so long. Um, we are constantly in the, in the, um, in with everyone else, whether you're a newcomer or you've been around for decades, like I have, you are welcome here and these friendships are available to you. You know, sometimes people complain that they um, can't seem to get in with a crowd that, you know, they seem to only, you know, like there's cliques within OA. And, you know, I have people that I talk to that I've known for a year or I've known for six months or I've known for decades. You know, I don't, I don't discriminate with who I'm going to talk to because I need to constantly be growing and changing. And that's what, um, what we have in this program because we have shared a common peril. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Hello, can you hear me? Anita J, star one to unmute. Oh, I'm talking away here. Yes, please. Je uh, Jennifer, we can hear you. Is it my turn? Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thanks. Um, hello, my name is Jennifer, compulsive overeater from Stockholm in Sweden. Um, I'm really grateful to be at this meeting. And um, I've been, like all my life, I've had a lot of people in my surroundings. Like I've had a lot of friends and family and all, but I've always had have had this feeling of um, feeling left out um, and different. I always had it. Um, and um, I found when I, I got to the 12-step programs, it was the first time I actually felt part of something. And when I got to a vision, I mean, it's over the phone and it's an ocean in between, but still I feel more at home than in other places where I actually have people around me. And that's um, very interesting, I, I find that. And I guess it's because I found uh, my people. I found people that understands me. And what's really cool is that I, um, I got to connect with some people at A Vision for You, and we've been talking a lot. And then after a while, I actually went to visit one uh, uh, that became really close because we were talking often and it was the first time we saw each other but I felt when I saw her that I actually knew her like so much better than my old friends 
that doesn't have this disease. And that's really amazing how fast you sort of get to know each other. And because we're honest and we've been through the same thing and we understand each other in a way which is, um, it's, it's very, very beautiful. And I'm, I'm grateful to feel that I belong somewhere and I don't have to feel left out and weird. I had a feeling that I was weird um, a long, long time of my life when I was in the food. And uh, now I feel part. And, um, and uh, I like um, the fact that we have thing, things <clears throat> that binds us. Uh, and that's the solution. So grateful, grateful, grateful. So thank you. Thanks so much, Jennifer W. All right. Uh, we are on page 17, the second paragraph. We are average Americans. And who else would like to share for three minutes? Nikifa H. Nikifa H. Okay, just a minute. Nikifa and Russ M. and Nancy P. Stacy T. And Stacy and and okay, let's stop right there. Leslie W and Christina L. Okay, now let's make sure I got everybody. Which was Natifa, uh, Russ M, Nancy P, Stacy, Leslie W and Christina L. All right. Natifa, please use get us started here. Good morning, Anita. My name's Nikifa H. Um, oh my God, I love the big book. And um, this right here really hit me because I can't do this alone, you know. And um, what I hear sometimes is, you know, OA is one program, right? There's no special OA. There's uh, there's nothing special, there's no secret fraction, there's no right or wrong, you know, there's OA as such, as it is written, right? And um, with that, when I first came in, things like that, or when I hear people say, it feeds the divisiveness, you know, maybe I'm not doing it right, or, you know, individuals saying, do it this way and that way, you know? And I had to come to learn in my own experience, go to the source, right? Go to the big book. Ask somebody when they make a suggestion, is this the program or are you giving me what worked for you in the pieces you added to it, right? Because I don't need that. I need OA. Um, and with those people, they allow me to be where I'm at. I allow people to be where they're at because I don't know what somebody else needs. You know, my advice could kill somebody, and I need to be 100% sure about that. So, um, my God, I can't go anywhere. You know, it says that when we separate, oh, I'm messing it up all in my head, but um, we share in a common peril. Um I just need Overeaters Anonymous, I need abstinence, and I need you all. I can call you all, and I don't have to go into the 10-minute explanation of what's really going on in my head, because you're, if you're a compulsive overeater like me, then you already know, and I can just go into it, right? Solution is important. 
but there are times in life, because I know it's not about the food today, that I have a living problem. So I'm going to need to share some of what's going on, you know, with me and how it's affecting my abstinence. So um, I'm just grateful for OA, and I'm grateful for the people that share it as it's supposed to be, you know, as it's written, I'll say. And um, thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Hey, thank you so much, Natafa, Natifa H. All right, Rossam, good morning. You are Best up. friend, Anita. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Anita? How are you, everyone? Rossam, recovered compulsive reader outside of Philly. But there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. When I came in the doors, Something changed in my soul with the people that are around, particularly this meeting. You know, you know how I feel about this meeting. And uh, there's just a bond, just something. You know, I, I, my my wife might might argue on it, but I feel like you, you're, you know, I'm understood here. You know what I mean? I I have this this disease has linked me to my fellows. Yet the solution links us. You know, we've been hammering that. You know, some of my greatest relationships that I've been blessed with, some of the strongest, most honest, most authentic, most beautiful and pure relationships have come through this program. Uh, You know, I've been waiting for that my whole life because a lot of times people didn't understand me. And, you know, hey, I didn't understand myself. Um. You know, it's funny because the, the what resonates in my soul when I connect with another fellow, that's that's how the program's set up because we need each other to, to beat this thing, to stay recovered, and to live life normally. We need one another, you know, and, and these relationships are without any strings. You know, I could tell you exactly what's going on without being judged. But these relationships are so true that, you know, my fellows aren't afraid to kick me in the pants and say, yo, you know, you may, you know, your ego's in there, Russ. So this is one of the greatest blessings in my, in my life, just the, these relationships and, you know, helps me move forward to, to fist fight this disease and give it to someone else. Have a great day. Love you guys. Thank you. Hey, Russ. Thanks so much. Nancy P., good morning, and then it'll be Stacy. Hi, Miss Anita. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, the um, the whole camaraderie thing is like a new and wonderful pair of flippers for me because I never, you know, someone else was sharing about clicks, and, you know, my whole life was how come her and not me with, with everything about this program, you know, how come her and not me? And the answer finally was, um, surrender and you know when I was ready to surrender suddenly the stuff that I gave up was gone and nature abhors a vacuum so all the other stuff rushed in to pick up the slack and you know from someone who you know after you know over 45 years in this program had you know like four people that I felt were friends and could count on I went from there to an unnamed number and um and I know that I don't have to go through it alone. And as far as like my real 
connection with people. There are certain people that I call only those people for, um, you know, for things that are truly bothering me or truly causing me pain. Um, those people, those are my homies. And the other calls that I make are turning my attention resolutely to someone else I can help, but I don't sit doing my own juices. And, um, you know, the fellowship is the jewel in the crown. The, the, you know, it's the journey that is the journey itself being the destination. I don't crave anything else because I already have it. Once I gave up, once I surrendered, everything else came in to take its place. And, you know, there's um, a line in the AA 12 and 12 that says, you know, what would happen to us? We would be like the hole in the donut. I mean, I, sorry about that, but... <laughs> Um, and I wondered too, like, what about all the things about myself that I like? I thought all of it was gonna that I was gonna let go of all of it, but that wasn't the case at all. Once I surrendered, um, I found what I was looking for, and the and I'm not at a destination. I found what I was looking for so that I could continue the journey. Um, and the fellowship is, you know, and I have to say, you know, I went to the to the birthday party in January, and I didn't know anybody, and I said, oh, they all hate me, or, you know, no, they don't know that, you know, they don't know how special I am, but I'm not special, as I tell my sponsees, you know, I'm not special. If I follow these directions as they were written, I will get what they promised, and I have done that to the best of my ability, and I believe that I have gotten what was promised. So, um, yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks so much, Nancy P. All right, Stacy, and then it'll be Leslie W. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning, Anita. Uh, Stacy T. in Cleveland. So I've read this so many times, and what stood out for me today is that I have been a world traveler in my mind. <laughs> I've been a passenger on several great liners. And uh, these liners all had folks that were, uh, we were going to be rescued from being shipwrecked because um, I qualified for just about every program out there, minus a few. Um, and while there was gratitude, joy, and hearing what the problem and the solution was, it wasn't sustainable because I hadn't learned um, truly the how to surrender. That was the very last thing that um, a person like me would want to do. It, it was... I surrendered to a lot of things, but I wasn't going to surrender to uh, joy for too long. And then I uh, stumbled along and stumbled along on this vessel, on this great liner, A Vision for You. And man, as the boat was tilting, I was going the other way. So I was going the opposite way. I was leaning in and going the other way, leaning in and going the other way. I I was not able to uh, surrender myself to being truly visible to myself and with another. And it wasn't until um, the gulps of water 
um, had me um, face down. And I surrendered with a desperation of only the dying can. And the peril was I let go or I die. And the powerful cement that all of you give me today as a recovered compulsive overeater is something that I would have um, never imagined. I've heard you. I believed you. And now I'm one of you. And for those that are in the process, I am um, I'm not terminally unique in any way, but if there's a roller coaster of chronic relapsers, um, I certainly have uh, ridden some of the rides and thrown up with uh, the hills and the valleys. And please join all of us on this amazing Great Liner. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Stacy T. Leslie W. And then it'll be Christina M. Morning, Leslie. Good morning, Anita. Thanks for your service. Leslie in Tennessee, the more covered compulsive overeater. Um, we are people who would normally not mix. Oh boy, is that true? I remember in 2010, uh, walking, I was living in Nashville at the time. And I was, uh, I, I, I walked into my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting ever, my first 12 step meeting ever. Um, and I saw a bunch of uh, older women in there knitting and crocheting. And here I am waltzing in with my maternity pants and my, my messy bun. And I thought, oh, no, I'm in the wrong place. And, uh, you know, but I sat down anyway. And um, I heard some of the stories that were coming out of those women's mouths. And I thought, that's me. You know, that is me. I can't, I, I've never been able to put my finger on what this thing is until I, I came in. And, you know, I've been to uh, many, many more meetings since then and have moved to um, East Tennessee. And, you know, it wasn't until I came on this vision line that I heard um, other um, mothers um, on the line, like me, with young children that were working this program, and all of a sudden, all my excuses were gone. Um, it was easy for me to sit in the rooms with those women who were much older than me and say, "Well, sure, they've got all the time in the world to work a program. They don't have any kid. They don't have young kids. They don't." You know, they, they're retired or they're this or they're that. But, you know, for me, um, I talk to a variety of people and, and, and they're not, they're not all just like me, but it was important for me to, to see that, that, that there were other people like me, um, who were, or hear that and who were working this program and doing it successfully. And I, I remember going to the vision conference um, in Newark and seeing another fellow for the first time whom I talked to almost every single day. And we literally clung to each other. We literally found each other. We clung to each other because we were both 
mamas and with babies. And I'll never forget the first time I saw her, she literally ran to me. And that's what this program allows us to do. It allows us to run into the arms of other people, old, young, babies, no babies, black, white, female, male. It doesn't matter because we're all here together and we are surviving this and beating this disease together hand in hand with God's help. Thank you, God, for Overeaters Anonymous. And thank you for the people who started this Vision for You meeting because it has really changed my life. I pass. Thanks so much, Leslie W. All right, Christina M., you are up. Did you call me? Yes, please. Okay, sorry about that. Um, This is Christina L. from Florida, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, And I just really liked the line, but there exists among us a fellowship of friendliness and an understanding, which is indescribably wonderful. And... um, You know, I I wanted that fellowship. I wanted that friendliness. I saw it. Um, I saw it with all of you when I got on the meeting and when I would listen and and everything. And um, I wanted to be a part of that, but I was just so afraid. You know, I was afraid that I would be rejected or not accepted or um, told that I was no good. Or like one friend had told me in fifth grade, "You're so self-centered and stuff." And I still don't know what I did, but, you know, I believe her. It's okay. And um, because I am self-centered, you know, when I when I first came in the program, I thought, I'm not selfish. I'm not a selfish person. I'm like, what is she saying I'm self-centered for and stuff? And, you know, more, more is always revealed. And, um, you know, I don't really know what I have to say or anything like that, but I just wanted that fellowship. I wanted that friendship. I wanted to be a part of all of you. Um, the people that I've um, met, um, well, not not met on the phone or anything like that. I haven't had that privilege at this point in my recovery. But, um, you know, people that I've met in my face-to-face meetings, I'm closer to them and to those who I talk to on the phone more than the people that have known me my entire life. Um, you know, my parents don't even know some of the things that, that I've shared with people. And, you know, just being able to call someone and, like, really just being, like, desperate to just get a 10-step off my chest and stuff and, you know, just be relieved of that, um, the pain that I'm feeling from that and being able to be so vulnerable from from that from that moment and trust that whatever someone says is going to be um, is going to be okay and and it is and you know for a long time I I just you know I was in self I was holding back from making calls to people um, especially on here I think but um, you know I realized if I don't if I don't start reaching out or if I don't start speaking up how in the world is anybody going to know I'm here and um, so I'm just really grateful I'm really grateful for this program I'm really grateful for this meeting um, because it's it's done for me what I could not do it's it's done it's done for me what years of what I was doing before you know weren't able to do I guess that's what I'm trying to say with that I'll pass thanks 
Thanks so very much, Christina L. All right, two or three more, please. Jackie B. from the Bronx? Jackie B. Barbara E. Barbara E. Carlene K. Rowena K. Uh, I I, I won't be able to do more than three, and hopefully we'll get the three in. So please, the the fourth person, well, how about waiting for the, um, if you can, for the next thing? Eight o'clock meeting. All right, Jackie B and Barbara E and Caroline K. I think go for it. Okay. Say uh, hi. This is Jackie B from the Bronx. Thank you, Anita. Thank you, everyone who did service today. Um, it's funny. I have been trying for the last forty-five minutes to get through. I don't know. So I figured, well, God, you're telling me, listen, don't talk. So when I finally got through, I said, okay, I guess I got a message. Um, I just want to put out there that today I've been in program uh, over 20 years, but today my recovery is amazing. And and my sponsees that I, I talk to once a week that have gone through the steps and the new sponsees that will come in the future. Uh, I work my program today via the way I was taught to do this program. Um, I don't dictate. I don't tell anybody. And if I have a question, I go to the other people in fellowship who may know more about um, the big book or, or delve into the big book a lot more than I do. Um, and I ask, you know, for assistance. That's the difference. The difference is today I'm not the be-all and end-all of life. I have character defects, and today I'm aware that I can't demand anyone to be my friend. I can't demand anybody or manipulate anybody to be my friend. What I can be is Jackie. And if I'm Jackie and I'm my, I'm in te- I have integrity and that I'm working my program and I'm not filling my body with any of the allergens that are going to trigger my obsession, then I have done successful today. Today, I don't go it alone. Today, even when I hear things I don't want to hear from people who I think are insane, I go to my fellows and I say, listen, this is what the point is. How can I look at this? And they will give me guidance. They'll say, well, what are you feeling? If this is what you're feeling, maybe you should write about it. And then I'm open. I open myself to my higher power every day. I open myself to my recovery every day. I may not be 24-7 big book, but you better believe I connected with it some way, somehow, either through fellowship, through prayers, through meditation, through writing, through anything. Because the only thing I can give to somebody else is my experience, strength, and hope. And let me tell you, that's amazing today. Today, Jackie is Jackie from the Bronx, not Jackie, oh, please love me, please love me, please give me, please give me, okay? If I give to the world, the world gives back to me. And that's what my program is today. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks so much. All right, Barbara and Caroline, if you each take two minutes, I'm going to time you for two minutes. Okay, Barbara, go ahead. Okay, two minutes it is. I love this page. 
starting at the very top, there is a solution or there is a solution. Looking at it in two different ways. There is a solution, hallelujah God, or there is a solution, one solution. And for me, a solution is this book as it's written in good orderly direction. And I love the fact that it says nearly all of us who have recovered and there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness. But there's a warning for me further on in that paragraph. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. What joins me, the mortar between my bricks, is the text of this program. In the first 46 pages of this book, it's, it's convincing me that I'm in the right place. I am a compulsive overeater of the worst kind. I've gained and lost and gained and lost for years and years, always making myself promises and then followed by a spree. And the spree is getting closer and closer. I need everything that's in this big book, everything. And I have to follow it to the best of my ability. Yesterday, for the very first time, I did a 10th step turnaround with another human being because my sponsor said, if you're truly connected to to God, Barbara, you can do it for yourself. But Barbara found she was too kind on herself. I did it, and this woman was so kind and gentle. That's what this program is about. My two minutes are up, so I go on to the next. I pass. Hey, perfect. Thanks, Barb. (laughs) All right, Colleen, you have two minutes. Thank you. Hi, good morning, everyone. I'm Carleen or Carly Kay from, um, I'm from Chicago, but I just moved to San Diego. Um, and today's my birthday. Um, I'm turning 29. Um, this is my first time on the vision for you. Um, I was, I have to thank Nancy. I don't know if she's on the line, but she's the one that recommended that I maybe call in this morning. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the beauty of the program. I just came from, um, an OA, I, I came to Oceanside, California for an OA retreat, um, my first retreat ever, and I got a lot from it, from reading the big book, and um, this, yesterday morning, I was supposed to go to LA today to visit one of my best friends, and she told me last minute that, um, basically, she told me in a nice way that I couldn't come, because she has too much going on with work, but she she didn't realize it was my birthday, she kind of forgot, which is okay, but I think um, if I wasn't, if I didn't come out from an OA retreat and I, um, and I didn't have a sponsor and I didn't have all these different people that I've met so right now in my program, I probably would have eaten over it because <laughs> I was so upset when I got off the phone. I was crying and, um, you know, I just, I felt so stupid and like, um, I don't know how to, I felt, I felt very lo- alone and, um, but I, I realized that, you know, one of the, the speakers in the in the OA, in the retreat, um, you know, she went through, she had 40 years of abstinence, and and what was so amazing to me is that, you know, she didn't eat over any of it, or any, over any of her hardships in life, through cancer, through 
through deaths, through breakups, through, um, you know, just extreme amount of pain this woman has been through in her life, and she didn't eat over it. And that's what amazes me and always keeps me coming back because um, I'm on, like, it's going on now three weeks of abstinence. Is it time? Okay. Yeah. I just would like to give my number at 630-313-9588. Birthday texts are appreciated. Thank you. Okay. Okay. There is a time for that in about two, three minutes. But thank you very much. Yeah, thank you and happy birthday. Thank you. All right. (laughs) So I want to thank everyone who shared today, and I want you to join us, if you can, for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. So the share ID for this very meeting is 12,729-12729. We'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, uh, which is um, a vision for you, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Liz V, please read that for us. Thanks, Anita. Thanks for your service. I'm Liz V, recovered um, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own health is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.